Hello and welcome to another episode of Is This Just Fantasy? I'm your host, Geordie Bailey. And I'm the guy that obsesses over uh, that first word in the book. But let's be honest, people. It doesn't start out good. Is it going to end good? It's Duncan Nickel. Hello. It's Duncan Nickel. I can't believe I said it's Duncan Hello, Nickel. Hello, Duncan. Yeah, it's me. Not I'm Duncan Nickel. <laughs> yeah, as if you had a reputation. Duncan Nickel is in the building. Uh, so, Doug, we are not off to a great start to our still-as-of-yet-unnamed spooky month because I don't have my book. No, that is right, people. Geordie has let us down, or to be more precise, uh, the shipping uh... has let Geordie down. So instead of us sticking to our yep. normal format of a fortnightly book club that we host yep. to allow you to come and we discuss the book of the week... Uh, we're going to have to do something a bit different this time, mm-hmm. because the world was against us. Yeah, it's it's my own fault. Yeah, I really should have just bowed down to our great bald master in the sky, Jeff Bezos, because I decided, oh look, there doesn't seem to be a um a audiobook for the library at Mount Shah, at least on Audible. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess... You know what? I guess I'll take this opportunity to buy from from a from a smaller bookseller. I'll, I'll go I'll go to Waterstones, and I go to Waterstones, and they don't have it. So I go to Heifers, and they don't have it. And I even go to Forbidden Planet just in case, and they don't have it. Um, so I have to order it in, and I'm like, I'll still get it from one of my local bookshops, and it took them a week just to process my order. Like, not even to start delivering. Like, it's only, like, in yesterday that they even started delivering. Oh, wow. I mean, I've got, I've got, like, as you've been saying these words, I'm like, like, okay, point to address, point to address, point to address. Uh, Firstly, my condolences. Secondly, um, I just surrendered to Jeff Bezos and bought the Kindle version. Um, Thirdly, Mm -hmm. I love the fact you go, you're a small bookshop. I'm like, oh yeah, his little local secondhand one. It's like Waterstones, which the people that do know, it's like the UK's pretty biggest uh, book chain, bookshop chain in the UK. Um, it it is it's smaller than Amazon, and I don't have like actual local bookshops, like I like not ones that sell like cool books. Really, I love a Waterstones. Waterstones, I think, is a great bookshop. I like Waterstones too. You're the one who's fucking no, slagging them off. I'm not them off. I'm just saying I don't think they're that small. Um, because where I come, around where I live, Waterstones is a great place because pretty much all the local Waterstones, say all the local ones, there's about one in every sort of town. Uh, they all have like a coffee shop built in mm. now. That's kind of like become their new standard. That's true. And I love that. I think that's such a clever, yep. savvy move. Like, why would you go to a physical bookshop in 2022? And it's like. Because there's a coffee shop in there. So you can go, you can sip coffee, you can kind of pick yeah. the books up while you're having your drink. It's I was when that they started rolling that out, mm. I was like, Yes. And when they started expanding their like manga section to be more than one shelf, I was also like, Yes. I when it comes to deciding between whether to go to Waterstones or Heifers to choose my books, um Heifers tends to win out because they have a a an RPG section. Uh, so I can go down to the basement and look at like different RPG rule books, but the coffee shop at Waterstones is very tempting, except for the fact that um, a bunch of my ex-girlfriends hang out there, um, like by coincidence more than one. So I have to be pretty careful, you know. Like I'm entering the danger zone if I wander into Waterstones without, you know. Checking behind, you ducking and checking behind bookshelves. I just think that says so much about you having a type 
that multiple ex-girlfriends hang at the same place. <laughs> yeah! And that place is a bookshop. Yeah. Yeah, it would be even better if they're like, you see them, they're all dressed the same, they all have red hair. They all walk up, you know, is it like, you just go avoid a certain section. Right, you go there and you're like, right, I've got to stay away from like, the, like... Jane Austen. Okay, that's the answer. Just don't, where's the Jane, where's the classic <laughs> section? Yeah, the nice ones, the nice cloth bound ones. Okay, I can't go down that aisle. You know something about Jane Austen is she wrote Pride and Prejudice, and Pride and Prejudice has a very iconic opening, doesn't it, Duncan? It does have an iconic opening, which I do not know, but go on with your story. Um, it is a truth universally known that a man um, in possession of a good fortune... Uh, Will be one of a wife. Oh, hey, thank you, lines. Duncan. Thank you for... We, we, together we, we handle it. We make the dream work. But today we are talking about iconic openings. Yes, we are. Inspired by our last week's episode on Red Sister, which we believe has kind of, its opening has become quite iconic in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. space of discourse of fantasy literature. Uh, we're inspired to then kind of do this filler episode where we pick out our favourite, not even our favourite, some first lines of books, uh, discuss mm. them, discuss what makes them good or not. And also, we thought we might turn this into a little game. So I've Yes, got some and I say we... Duncan might think I'm very clever by coming up with this, but actually this is, he probably doesn't know, but this is a trend on social media. Uh, booktube, book talk, they do shit like this all the time. It's the opening line challenge. Okay, well, I, I genuinely thought people that I was being original. Uh, but please... Uh, he was being original, it wasn't even his idea! Whatever, <laughs> whatever. If you have an original idea, though, relating to this subject or any of the other <laughs> things we've discussed on this podcast... Please write in and tell us at is this just fancy podcast at gmail.com. There's the plug. See, I that can do this. That was weak. That was weak. Your segues are normally a lot better than that, Duncan. <laughs> the rules of this game Duncan and I are going to take it in turns to read aloud the opening line to a book. It has to be a fantasy novel because we stay on brand. Um, and these are ones which we don't want to cheat each other. These are ones which we're pretty sure the other person has read. Exactly. There's nothing too obscure. Um, I do apologise mm. if you haven't read some of the ones that I've got. These are all books that I feel like you should either, I think I know you, because we're friends, uh, have read, mm. or at the very least, hopefully they've, they're kind of well-known enough that you might be able to have a really good educated guess. Yep. I feel like, and I feel like I've tried to do the same, Dunk. I feel like I've tried to do the same. There has only been one instance in which I have censored one of the ones which I've chosen. Um, and all the rest, I've delivered the lines completely as they are, the opening sentences. And only one of them, I've redacted a character's name because it is such an obvious name that you would know the book immediately. If it's um, in, the hole, in a hole in the ground, they lift a blank. I think I'll still get it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, as in a similar vein, I have selected the first line. In some instances, I have been a bit cheeky. I have gone, well, okay. technically there's a prologue in this book, but that line isn't nearly as good, so I'm going to jump to chapter I've, one. I've done the exact same thing, Duncan. I've done the exact same thing. Um, with the exception of one, all of mine are from chapter one, and I skipped the prologue in almost every book because they weren't actually that good or they were way too obvious. There was one exception where I did take from the prologue because it was the exact opposite way round, and the opening line of the chapter one was like so generic. It was like a line of dialogue. All right then. 
Are you ready? So, so good sir. No, no, no. But one thing we need to do before we start is we need to establish a scoring system. I was thinking you get the book right, you get the point. I was also thinking that, but I then I was like, surely we should get some points from getting the series right at least. Like, two points for getting the book right, one point for getting uh, the series right. Do you disagree, Duncan? I'll let that stand. I think that's a nice, gives a little bit of leeway. And in fact, knowing some of the ones I've mm-hmm. picked, that will help you keep up. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. And as you know, it's the same for you, actually, because a bunch of mine are ones which are part of a series. And then the challenge, Duncan, will be for you to figure out um, which book it's from. All right. You want to go first? Yeah. Okay. And does you going first mean that you get to guess first or you get to ask first? That I get to ask first. Hey, Geordie. First line, number one. Just going to channel my inner audible voice actor powers. Um, okay, I don't have them, so I'll just read this. <laughs> Some years ago, there was, in the city of York, a society of magicians. Uh, Strange and all. Yeah, straight off. Yeah, that was, that was, I was actually thinking that was one of the ones I was considering reading um, uh, for you, but then I was like, oh, but Duncan hasn't read it, so that wouldn't be fair. Now, I, I honestly, I picked this one up, so I actually haven't read all of uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Noor by Susanna Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually only read the first ooh, uh, paragraph. <laughs> uh, but this sentence was in that paragraph, so I just went, that's nice. I, I like that. I'll come back to this book. That's a good joke, Duncan. I like that. And I actually haven't read all of all the ones I'm reading from either. Um, I think it may be even minority. So, but that is two points for me, then. All right, now, Duncan, it's your turn. So, um, now, I wrote these in an order, but actually, I feel like I want to start a little bit on the easier side. So I'm not going to start with my actual first one, because I feel like that one's a bit challenging. So I'm going to go with... An east wind blew through his tangled hair, as soft and fragrant... As Circe's fingers. Okay. East wind blew through his tangled hair, soft and fading as Circe's fingers. So, I don't know the answer. Um, I hear the name Circe. You can ask me to repeat it. So, Circe, uh, I'm thinking uh, Greek mythology, the character of Circe. Oh, I see, yeah. Uh, from the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So, either this is the first line to. Song of Achilles, and I've forgotten that that was the first line. <laughs> or... or this is the first line of the actual uh, originating text. This is like the first line of like, the Odyssey or the English translation of the Odyssey. Oh, I don't think it's the first line of Song of Achilles because I cannot remember. I think I would remember if it was, so I'm going to say the Odyssey. I'm afraid, I'm afraid you're wrong, Duncan. And I'm really surprised that you didn't realise that the Circe, which I'm referring to, is not Circe from the Odyssey, but Circe Lannister. No! That's not the first line. The first line is, um... The, 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 that book opens from... Wait, it's not Game of Thrones. No, it's not Game of it's Thrones. It's one of the others. Ah, oh, because I thought that. I thought, no, but Game of Thrones opens with that character beyond the wall that dies. That can't be that. Well, that would still be the prologue oh, okay. and I would have skipped that, but... 
Uh, Feast of Crows would be... Your second guess is Feast for, Feast for Crows? Yep. Well, you'd still be wrong. It's a Storm of Swords. <laughs> okay, wow. I'm going to take zero points, points on that one. I think that's a really interesting pick, um, particularly for that franchise. You think about, you know, the fact that you need to already know that character. I feel... And I, kind of I, did, I, I thought just, that would be a pretty easy jump. I'm not going to lie. I thought that, you know, the fact that it is a fantasy podcast. I thought like that would be... And then... You, I thought it was one you could sort of puzzle out because you go, it's through his, uh, his hair, so it must be, um, it has to be Jamie's perspective. Okay, which book has Jamie as perspective characters? Not a Game of Thrones. Could it be blah, blah, blah? And I felt like you'd have basically two guesses, right? Like Feast for Crows or uh, Storm of Souls or whatever. See, I completely went off the wrong track straight away. Mm. It didn't even cross my mind. It would be Cersei Lannister. I think it's really nice though, because what I really like about that, because and in George R. R. Martin's writing, mm-hmm. is because it's still the third person, but only Jamie Lannister would have that positive connotations of Cersei. Exactly. So you still, so the narrating voice is still to the character, and it the way it switches and describes characters differently depending on who you're following in perspective. Mm-hmm. I just love how that kind of affects the. Um, the the kind of the text. Uh, my biggest point I always think when I think of Game of Thrones is when you meet. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go something. See, this is me. This is me fading on Song Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stannis's younger brother. Oh. What is his name? Who he has murdered? Stannis. Yeah. Yeah. People at home are shouting it out. Oh God! What is it? Not the Night of Flowers. It is. Rob. Lord. No, Robert's the older yep. one. Fuck. Renly. Renly. All right. That was a solid two minutes of silence, people. The perspective on that captain, its description between a uh, Catelyn Stark mm. chapter and a Brienne of Tarth chapter is one of the kind of cleverest mm. tricks in those books. And I love the fact that you can then see that kind of technique from yeah. the first line. So I think that is a great line for Storm of Swords. Good. Shame I didn't Hold get on, it. George, you did it. Well, I hope Duncan is still merciful to me. I think so. This is one from a book that I only read very recently, but I recommend to pretty much all. And we may even get to it one day it's on the a podcast. Good book. A hint. That, that crosses most of fantasy on my list. I'm even going to give you the name of the land in this sentence. Wow, you're so generous. In the land of Ingare, where such things as seven league boots and cloaks of invisibility really exist is quite a misfortune to be born eldest of three. Eldest of three? Oh, no, for a moment there, I thought it was going to be um, sorcery or sorcery or something. But is it, or no, equal rights maybe? Oh, God. It's definitely um, Seven League Boots. It's got to be uh, a Discworld novel. Uh, it can't be a colour of magic, can it? Oh, God. I think it's the reason why i'm stuck on this is that i feel like i feel like seven league boots were mentioned at the start of the color of magic that feels familiar i also think that yeah i think it's a color of magic yeah in color of magic yep i'm sorry to inform you good sir but uh. you are mistaken that was indeed the first line from diana jones his book how's moving oh. castle 
I didn't, to be fair, I didn't recognize the name of the country in regards to Discworld. That did confuse me a bit. I am looking forward to us reading Howl's Moving Castle. It's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. I'm, I gotta take that one on the chin. If it's any defense, I may have completely messed up the uh, pronunciation. Of yeah, that it's possible name. that if you pronounce it properly, I would have Ingari. been like... Oh, yeah, that one, of course. It's from one of my favorite movies. What's the name of the country again? Ingari? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone that. Ah, well, now it's a zero for me. Now that means Duncan has every chance to catch up. There was Eru, the one, who in Arda is called Iluvatar. Silmarillion. Duncan yelled at me, but I didn't hear it. That is the... That is yes, the Silmarillion is. by J.R.R. Tolkien. I think that one was a tad easier. A book you have not read. A book I have not read, but you know what I did read? What? The first line in preparation for this episode. <laughs> was that one of the ones you're going to guess for you... me? No, I literally had uh, The Hobbit, The Fellowship and Silmarillion open in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to pick out which one was the preferred line. And then I kind of just went, Do you know what? All of these are a bit easy. <laughs> And I shelved them. But that thank one, you for offering it I, to I me. I agree it is a bit easy. The reason it's on my mind is that I've been rereading the Silmarillion this week. Would that be inspired by the recent Rings of Power TV show? No, it's not, actually. Um, it, it, was, it was actually inspired by the fact that it, I find it a really relaxing book. I love the Silmarillion. Uh, it's probably my second favourite book by Tolkien. Wow. That yeah. is quite somewhere so... Can I just ask you a quick question? Are you counting The Lord of the Rings as a single text or no. a trilogy in that statement? I count them as a trilogy okay. in that statement. Um, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, they'd still be underneath that one in, in a particular order. And frankly, I don't really remember the experience of reading um, Return of a King, period. Like, I just don't remember what it's like to read it. Um, so it must be pretty low down in my favorability. I like a lot of the Two Towers. I like most of the Fellowship of the Ring. It just drags a lot at the end. But I love the Silmarillion. I love it so much. And um, it chills me out. I, f- I just feel it wash over me. Oh, that's so nice to hear. It's, it's, I think it's interesting because I often feel quite a passion that I have to be reading new stuff. You know, there's so much literature out there. I'm constantly on this train of like, must find next great thing. Mm that it is really nice to know that you, know, you have a book that you're like, no, I'll just go back to that. That will relax. That will calm exactly. me back down. Yeah, my what what so many teenage girls experience with Twilight, I have with the Silmarillion. <laughs> Jordi, let's be honest. What so many teenage girls experience with Twilight, you experience with Twilight. We, I, I just enjoyed it. I doesn't, it's not become my comfort blanket. But... Whose turn is it now? You've just guessed, which means it's my turn to guess. Duncan, give me another one. We're neck and neck now. Two points all. It is the colour of a bleached skull. His flesh. And the long hair which flows below his shoulders is milk white. Oh, well this is obviously, um... This is obviously El- Elric of Melnibone. Ah, oh, that's right. Alrighty, that's two points for me. That one, I was struggling to begin with. I was like... Oh man, that does sound quite familiar, and yet it wasn't it wasn't stretching. It was only when I heard that he had white hair that I was like, oh right, there's only two <laughs> fantasy protagonists of white hair, and I read the first line of The Last Wish um to prepare for this episode, so it's definitely not it's definitely not Geralt. It was in Lonely Quajasat, 
destination of many caravans, but terminus of few, that Elric, hereditary emperor of Meldibone, last of a bloodline 10,000 years old, sometime conjurer of terrible resource, lay ready for death. So, I just told you that this is also about Elric. But which story is it, Duncan? That would be The Fortress of the Pearl. Well done, Duncan. Well done. Another book I was trying to finish this week. I've been trying to finish it for about six months. Is that a condemnation of the, of the book? I don't think it's... It's not as good as Elric of Melnibone, I'll tell you that. I would quite heartily agree. For those who are curious... Uh, the Elric series, and if you go back to listen to our episodes, I talk at length about this. It's one of those nice, non chronologically ordered written series. So The Fortress of the Pearl, while second uh, in chronological order, is something like the seventh written. Yep. And there's such a change in sort of style, because these books were written over a period of near 40 years. So the author goes through an awful lot in his writing style between uh, stories. Mm. Um, yeah, and much like so it's like a lot like, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, where the order in which they are supposed to have happened is not the order in which they're read. And I wasn't, you know, like, I asked you, Duncan, basically, what order should I read them in? And you kind of basically told me that I could technically skip Fortress on the, of the Pearl, but it is the, the, the next one in sequential order from Elric of Melnibone. And... I kind of regret reading it in that order. I really feel like maybe this should have been one of the last ones I've read, when I, like, need more Elric in my life. Because it's not as good. It's not. It was written... It was actually, I think, second to last to be written, and I personally, when I read Elric, I skipped it over. I read uh, sort of six in chronological order, and then the last two published, I then read in publication order. Mm. I think that works. I think it, it shows... Um, the later works definitely they they follow a more traditional sort of format mm-hmm. uh, in terms of sort of a story structure. I think they're just a little bit slower. Yeah, you know they they don't have the quite the same pulpy energy that the earlier works have. Much like Conan, I think there needs to be a sort of cultivated order in which you're told to read these, because chronological isn't always the best way. For example, um, at somewhat at Duncan's gentle urging. Because I have a Disney Plus account again, because my cousin Oliver has a TV show out, everyone go watch Wedding Season, He, uh, we got Disney Plus so we could watch it again. And because I had it, I was like, you know what, I might as well see what Duncan's talking about and watch some of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And I've been told since I was a teenage boy, uh, even though I was never watching the show, you can't watch in, in actual publication order because it doesn't make any sense. So, watch in chronological order. So, I look up what is the chronological order of the show. And I jump in. And I am plunged into a space where I have no idea who any of the characters are. I have no idea what their relationships are to one another. I have no idea why I should care about any of these characters except for Anakin and Obi-Wan. And because this just so happens to be... This was the first event that happened in the war. Like, in our recounting of the war. And then this episode, a season earlier happened like the next day from that and i immediately just stopped watching because like this is the wrong way to watch this show even though this is the order things happened in this is not the way god intended for this show to be watched that is a very curious case um 
when it comes to the Clone Wars, the first three seasons were created and then were very much intentionally scrambled up a bit uh, before they went out on television. I think that this is probably a good decision. I think what basically, this is my understanding of the story, I'm not an expert on this, but I believe the show was created with an eye to chronological storytelling and basically the powers that be, probably George Lucas, came in and just went, no, 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 no. No, people don't want this in chronological order. You got to pace this out between. I don't think George Lucas had much to do with this show, man. Someone above was like, "No, we're going to do this based on you need an action episode, a comedy ex- episode, an action. You need an Anakin episode. You need an Ahsoka episode. You need to do this. You need to do that." Mm-hmm. It's like that's how you this a show should be paced, not that sounds based like on a events. Producer decision as opposed to a creator decision. If anyone is interested in getting into Clone Wars, the way, there's so many resources out there on the internet which are way more informed than I am. And I actually would recommend, if you're approaching the show, look up a essential episode guide. I really do think it does benefit from maybe your first time through. Watch only a couple of arcs from the first three seasons. By the time you get to season four, I think it generally all is pretty good. But do maybe just say, what's, what's the key plot bits? Four or seven. And even then, I skipped arcs. I actually watched a very patchy version of The Clone Wars my first time through and then went back and basically watched in, uh, sort of filled the gaps in. Uh, but I enjoyed it. So whatever whatever works. Great. Can you give me another book to guess? That I can, Geordie. That I can. Um, we're still tied. Four and four. This is a very well-renowned book within the fancy literature space. It was night again. The Waystone Inn lay in silence, and it was a silence of three parts. You know, something about that last phrase, a silence of three parts, does sound familiar. Waystone Inn? God, I do not know. I do not know, Duncan, the Waystone Inn, a silence of three parts. I don't nothing. The Wandering Tavern? That good, sir, was the opening line to The Name of the Wind by okay. Patrick Rufus. Yeah, Rufus, man. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's on me, man. That's on me. Like, it's, it's definitely something I'm just behind on. I think I've just mostly been reticent to read that because I know people like, listen... It's not going to have a conclusion. You might be disappointed by that. So I've definitely been a bit reticent to embark on it for that reason. But more recently, the reason, Duncan, why I haven't read it is I know you're going to make me read it at some point. So I figured I would at least expend one of your buying points on it so that I could then pick something else for next week. That's quite fair. It's quite an interesting one in terms of the um, sort of the public respect uh, perspective around it. When I first read it, my mother got it for me from the library. Mm-hmm. And I went in completely blind to the book. And I'm so grateful I had that opportunity. And uh, I bought the second book in the series, again, kind of blind to the wider discourse. I just saw it in a, I think it was like a WH Smith's. Uh, I think I was even at like a train station and I just brought the second book on Did a Did you win. know it was the sequel? Did you just be like what a cool sounding book I title was, i knew it was the sequel but i knew i didn't i didn't know there was a sequel out i just kind of wandered into a, a shop and went oh oh that's nice <laughs> um i really do i do like them i know the kind of common complaints particularly around the main character 
and I do believe it is one of those very interesting, I'm going to say kind of Marmite reactions where you've got a character who is quite overpowered, who does seem just to win a bit too much, mm-hmm. and you're probably either going to buy into the power fantasy and be like, yeah, oh, that's fun, <laughs> or you're going to be like, oh, hate this guy. He is just too cocky for his own good, and he gets away with it just one too many times. Okay, Geordie, over to you. Over to me. A disappointing one, and one which I'm sure lots of people were like, duh, so obvious. It's an iconic opening. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Duncan, everything starts somewhere. For many physicists disagree. Ooh. Many physicists disagree. Okay, I don't know this. Okay. Um, that lends me to either two outlooks. Either we're touching on like a, a more urban fantasy setting, or it's going to lean into a little bit more of the comedy aspect. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the setup for a joke. So I'm actually thinking everything has to start somewhere that they disagree. See, whenever I think of a comedy angle on fantasy, mm-hmm. there is only one name that comes to my mind. Oh, yes. And that is Terry Pratchett. Uh-huh. Now, you sure about I that? don't think this is one of his Discworld books. I think this is a book that may have a theme around the start of things and the point of creation. And I can't remember the opening line to this book, okay. but I'm going to have a guess that this may be it. And is this Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman? This is not the start of Good Omens, and you should know the start of Good Omens because it's a very iconic opening. Um, It was not a dark and stormy night. It should have been, but that's weather for you. Um, Instead, Duncan, it is a Discworld book. It is the start to Hogfather. Oh, yes. Ideas, traditions, yes. I thought this would be one where you get a... um, Wow, I actually wrote down one halfway through you answering the question when I realized you weren't going to guess the book. It did not occur to me that you weren't actually going to get even a half a point on that one. Not to be Thanks, rude or um, anything. I'm glad I managed to disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, but I knew you'd get the tone of it, and I knew you'd be able to tell that it was Terry Pratchett. Yeah, such a, an iconic... It's just in his style. Yeah, no, iconic. It's just so signature, you know. And there aren't actually, I would say, many authors who I can actually pick up, like, yeah, no, that is them in a sentence or in a joke. Mm. I think that's what Tay Pratchett does. Tay Pratchett, I, obviously because I've had so much exposure from his writing style. Sure. But you could give me a joke out of context from a Discworld book, and I think I'd be pretty confident at going, yeah, no, that was written by Tay Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think he has such a signature style. All right, Geordie. It's on to me Let's now. Let's turn the tables. We're still tied for four points. Settle down. Pull up your chair. Focus. It was a dull autumn day, and Jill Pole was crying behind the gym. Oh dear, I do know this. I just gave you a main character's name. How how could you not? Oh god, I do know this. Jill Pole. Um, it was a dull autumn day, and Jill Pole was crying behind the gym. Oh, he's got it. It's there. It's I don't the have it, Duncan. I really don't. Like, I'm really, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Urgh! Jill Paul was crying behind a gym. Oh, it's so familiar. Bit of background on this audience. I almost picked the start of a different book by this author. 
And I did just think, no, that one's that one's a little too iconic. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go a little deeper and see what I can find. I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm gonna be mad if I find out that this is a book I haven't read. This good sir. Wait a with second. A silver chair. Oh. Oh yes, yes, of course, of course. Oh, I wasn't gonna get that. Um. Yeah, and I wasn't gonna get a half point on that, but yes, I that is one I should have gotten. I should have gotten that. Um, I haven't read that book though, and also I just realized I haven't read the name of Wind either. So you're definitely cheating me here. I like one now. I haven't read Silver Radiant, and I got that. Oh come on! I, I literally gave you that one. Eru and Iluvatar. I gave you the character's name twice. Staring at the back end of a carriage for mile after mile was no one's idea of theatre, but it beat watching the back end of a horse, so Justin had that to be thankful for. Justin. Justin. I will confirm that you have read Justin, this book, Justin, Justin, not Justin, Justin. Because I'm a nice guy, and I wouldn't cheat you by giving you a book which I knew you hadn't read before. I know a Justin. I know a Justin, I just need a place where Justin's from. Justin is... From your chemistry class back at high school? Justin exists in a very mediocre fantasy world. That does not narrow it down, unfortunately. <laughs> Justin exists, where does Justin... Justin exists in, in, in... Name of the book, name of the book. The Demon in Silver. Yeah, he got it! I knew I was being too nice to you. You are That's always right. too nice to me. Yeah, I gave you a fucking character's name. And uh, and I confirmed that it was one you had read. But that goes to show... I mean, I can always just win in the end by editing the podcast. Hi, it's 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 Justin from... The Crotton Horse of Conan. Hey, Jordy, here's a really nice one for you. I, I have so much confidence in you to get this. Okay. They're in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not quite. Let's start with the end of the world. Why don't we? Good omens. No way. Actually, I I jumped in way too soon. Um, that's not so good omens. That started the fifth season. Congratulations! That is the start of the fifth season. I, when you say good I omens, jumped, I'm like, I don't know why I jumped you in so fast. You gave me it, it good felt... omens opening line. Yeah, I know, I know, and then I was like, I, yeah, you're right, I, I I, don't know why I did that, that was, that was almost suicidal. Well, because yeah, I'm, I'm kind to you, you can still get those points, although I really feel like you shouldn't, and I really need you not to get these points, because I am behind. I feel like it should be, like, university challenge, and I should get more points, because you didn't get to finish the question. Well, if you jump in early on university challenge with the wrong answer, you just get the wrong yeah. answer. Yeah, right, you're right. <laughs> I would actually lose points, of course. That's actually how University Challenge works. Duncan, names may be lost or forgotten. No one knew that better than Blank. He'd had another name first, but had to be died like a song with no one left to sing it. Oh, okay, so I don't know it, but we've got a motif of names. Well um, yes. And I know it's not Name of the Wind, because... <laughs> just did that what would it, this person be someone who's had multiple names so I'm thinking of a character an old character characters lived through some things um, characters had multiple names that doesn't narrow it down 
Well, they can't have multiple names. I'm going to have to edit out a lot of silences in this episode. You, you are. You are, you are. So we yeah. kind of like a break. Audience, please just imagine the three minutes of silence in between each of Duncan's words. That is cruelty to me and completely accurate. Um, I'm going to go with my final guess that this is... Sod. Mine's gone blank. <laughs> I don't have it. You want to give up? Yes. That was Strange for Dreamer. Oh. No. Names may be lost or forgotten. No one knew that better than Laszlo Strange. He'd had another name first, but it had died like a song with no one left to sing it. No. Oh. I should have opened that book earlier today. It's on my shelf. I was like, that, that had a really good opening. Oh, I feel so poor. We are still tied. Six points each. This is this has been quite intense. That is a wonderful, and it's I so love that how it because that is a theme that just runs through both those books back to back. Uh huh. Okay, right. This is gonna this will be the tiebreaker almost. Well, it's gonna break our tie. Hence, it will be a tiebreaker unless you get it okay. wrong. But will Jordy get it okay. wrong, people? Will he? For that is a, the question of this whole episode. In a distant and second-hand set of dimensions. In an astral plane that was never meant to fly, the curling star mist wavered and part. Um, that's not the start to guards, guards, is it? Is that your final answer? Yes. Because we're now playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mr. Bailey? Am I a millionaire? You're not. Ah, fuck. One point to you, though, for that was The Colour of Magic. Oh, shit, well... The line that kicked off the entirety of Discworld, and it is both you know, beautiful... Do you know why I thought it might be Guards Guards? Because uh, Guards Guards opens with a space with dragons in it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it was like, they're never meant to fly, and there's a whole, like... The reason why dragons can't exist within Discworld properly is that they're from somewhere else where the gravity's different and they can fly... Uh, there's a great description at the start of Guards Guards about a pocket dimension, or alternative dimension where the dragons exist. And it speaks of it being so crammed with dragons that it's like a page, one of those art pieces, um, where like you look at a picture of dragons and the space between the dragons is actually another dragon. And there's a graphic, graphic novel adaptation of this. And, it is, and it, they do that and it's such a wonderful image. Um, but no, that's what picks it off with some beautiful, some kind of out there ideas of dimensions and a pun. Tay Pratchett gets us off with a pun. So mm. I think mm. he set the tone beautifully. Mm. Okay, you're leading. This is one and I have literally no idea because I have literally no idea where you're going to get this because we're going to be... I, I, I don't know enough about the content of this book to know if this is a gigantic spoiler or not a spoiler at all. Well, not spoiler, but giveaway. So here we go. Um, I Also, I just picked it because I think it's a stupid line. It's so stupid. Sev Sonson Valano, truthless of Shivanor, wore white the day he was to kill a king. Right. Sorry, did you get your pronunciations right there, Geordie? I, I mean, who fucking knows? Svev? Sev? Sev Son Son Valano. Or white the day he was to kill a king. Now, what starts with a king killing? So, 
promise of blood. Obviously, in name of a wind. Uh, the site being called the King, the King Killer Chronicles, we have not even been introduced to a king in those books. Wow, that I've just learned something new. Okay, so it must be Empire the Vampire then. No, um, I. This sounds really silly, and I don't think it's this. But I almost has um, the Way of Kings vibe to me, by Brandon Sanderson. Because I know that starts off with a the first chapter is like a royal assassination. Does Brandon Sanderson write characters called Sev Son Son Valano? I don't think he does. He doesn't. That's so. That does. That's not on brand for him. His characters are much better names. That they're like Tim. Well, they're like Vin and Kelsia. Wow, I was actually surprisingly close. But. Something about someone wearing white when they have to kill a king does vibe slightly. Oh, it's not Wheel of Time. I don't think it's Gardens of the Moon. Um, they don't start with king killing. I actually am going to say, is that the Way of Kings? Is it the Way of Kings? Is Seb Son Son Valano Truthless of Shivanar from the Way of Kings? Truthless of Shivanar? He is. He is yes! from the Way of Kings. I am so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this is literally the first time I've cracked open a Brandon Sanderson novel. And the first word is Seb Sonson Valano. Yep. Do you have a copy of The Way of Kings near you, Duncan? Um, I actually have it on Audible. Ah, okay. Oh, okay, cool. We can actually learn some pronunciation. We have now confirmed, ladies and gentlemen, that the correct pronunciation is Zef Tron Tron Serrano. Toothless as Zinnabark. Tron Tron? Tron Tron. Tron Tron? It is literally spelled S Z T H. Seth. I'm, pre- I'm prepared for that to be pronounced strangely. Dash S O N. Dash S O N. How is that pronounced Tron? I have no idea they come to that conclusion. But please do not swear off Brandon Sanderson. His other works have far greater openings. For example, Elantris was beautiful once. It was called the City of the Gods. A place of power, radiance and magic. Um, is that Much Mistborn? Better. No, that's Elantris. Is that from the same series? It's, it, it's in the same joint universe of the Cosmere. I'm giving myself one point. No, that wasn't your pick. <laughs> I'll put it in brackets. So that'll be a tiebreaker. Right, Geordie, back over to me. This is the final one I have for you. Torches flared murkily on the revels in the mall, where the thieves of the east hold carnival by night. Um, well, that would be the Tower of the Elephant. I feel like you were giving me that one. Was that a pity? You pitying me, Duncan, because you're winning now? No, Geordie. I just like to bring up Conan in every episode. It's a contractual requirement I made with myself. All right. This could, oh, no, I have to choose the last one. Now, here's the thing. I, I could just choose to win because one of mine is really hard. Um, Like, it was the one I was going to be like, if I was losing by a lot, I would throw this one in. So I won't pick that. And now the other one I'm looking at is like, this is a really iconic opening line, but I feel like I don't know if Duncan has read this book, actually, and I feel like it would be rude. And one of them I know he's read, but that's the really hard one. 
See, Geordie, you're stuck between what's this like? The good different. The problem, Duncan, is that um, we didn't have an equal number of questions, and um, and I'm one point ahead, <laughs> so so I really don't want to throw in the towel. You know, Geordie, for the sake of you, I will let. I have picked up another book, so we'll we'll equal out the numbers, and you can three, do both. But I'll, your I'll skip the one which I know is probably. I'll skip the one which is way too hard. Sancha. This is a really long one, by the way, so you get a lot of hints. Uh, Sancha, once of Cordava, yawned daintily, stretched her supple limbs luxuriously, and composed herself more comfortably on the ermine-fringed silk spread on the Carrick's poop deck. Gosh. Sancha. Poop deck. Poop deck. Duncan? Oh... See, once again, I don't know, but Sancha. Sancha's a name that I feel like Duncan, I, I know and I must know from literature. Duncan, I feel like I think you can get this one. And much like the one with uh, about Cersei, I feel like if you use your reasoning, I feel like you can, you can get it. Sancha, once of Cordava, yawned daintily, stretched her supple limbs luxuriously and composed herself more comfortably on the ermine fringe silk spread on the Carrick's poop deck. Oh, so who do I know a Sancha from? Stop focusing Sancha. on Sancha. Focus on everything else. Poop deck, so on a sh- ship, silks. So maybe it's not a military ship, a merchant ship. Um, uh, this isn't... Uh, consider the pros, Duncan. Consider pop. the pros. Consider the pros? The pros. Okay. Right, so this is my two thoughts my brain's going to here. Okay. And you can tell me how utterly wrong I am. But I'm either thinking... this I think this is a sequel to a book we've read together. Interesting. I think this is either something in the next Green Rider. Okay. Which would make sense because I think you have uh, been reading it. I do Actually, I know you've been reading but it. But I also know that you haven't been reading it and I'm not a dick. I'm only picking books I know you've read. He knows I've read. I know you've read. Gosh, why am I bad at this game? Gosh. This is see this is the people I'm so sorry that I'm this is performance here. Because uh, I think I get anxiety. I'm like, <laughs> is it is it the next screenwriter? No, but I Jordan knows I haven't read that. Um it could it be like the next like uh what's the like the gutter's prayer? No, it can't be that. Um uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, Anik. I will Something... I will take away one of your points and let you earn half the points in this if I can point you to a word or two words uh, three words which I Done. think are really indicative of the author. Go for it. Okay. Supple limbs luxuriously. This I feel like is a calling card. Oh, oh, uh, people the black sir. No, 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 no. Uh, Paul the black you ones. You fucking got it! <laughs> By Robert E. Howard. You got it, Dunk. No one writes about subtle, luxurious limbs. Exactly. But Robert E. Exactly. Howard. <laughs> you jumped straight in. Take me through your reasoning. How you jumped like straight to straight to the win. Okay, so I am blank. I am so blank in my head. Yep. Um, I I I can't. I don't know who that character is. And I'm picturing, I'm trying to conjure up. So when I read stories, um, 
you, I, you, when you read a book, you see the pictures in your head, okay? I do. And when I often read a book, I see the pictures in different styles based on the prose. Okay. Right? So I read a particularly really bad pulpy book. Um, and I might picture things like they're like an old Ray Harryhausen movie and the monsters they're describing, I literally picture in my head like the shitty effects. Or when I read Strange the Dreamer. Why does he always bring up Ray Harryhausen? I'm a big fan. Um, when I read Strange the Dreamer, it's animated. I see the animation style. So when I was calling it blank on this, I was picturing how I picture the characters in the style when I read Green Rider. Sure. Uh, and when I read uh, Gutter's Prayer, uh, they're very similar physical look to them. Okay. But as soon as you made me focus in and visualize the subtle, supple, limb person that the Jewish limbs, there's only one, there's only one image. And as soon as I saw that, I tried to picture that in my mind. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I created the image in my head in the style of uh, John Buscema's artwork and but John Buscema did the artwork for Savage Sword of Conan and as soon as that like clicked and that's how I picture all of like Rob, a lot of Robert E. Harris prose is in this man's art I want and then it, it just flowed everyone listen to that section again but now imagine Duncan is in an episode of Sherlock entering his mind palace but with all these stupid images going around his head Suddenly, all of the characters were comic book characters, and then I suddenly immediately knew which book it was from. How did you go straight to 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 this one in particular, though? Like you didn't hesitate. Oh, um, because of the um, she's lying on silk, and so like the woman luxuriating on a ship, lying on silk. You're like, oh, of silk. course, it's the because... carriage of Sancha, who's just. Like hanging around yes, because, on a pirate ship. Yes, because that's that's the because literally, um, the image I when I started to have this subtle woman lounging out. Supple, come Duncan. I don't know what's happened now. <laughs> it's not subtle. Supple, with a P. Subtle. Supple. <laughs> oh my God! How do I give me strength? Give me strength. <laughs> He's broken me. One sec. Okay. Supple. You got it. Now, if you could kindly go and take that sound bite and no. put it back in and all the right places. How dare you? How very dare you? That being said, that kind of does... It does sort of stand out to me as a challenge to, to do that. But I'm not going to do it. It's way too much effort. Duncan, you got one point from that. I'm one point behind. No, you got one point from that because I gave you the hint. And that took away, which means, Duncan, we're back to another tie. Okay, Geordie. Do you want to do the tiebreaker question? Oh, no, no. This will be your last one, and then I have one more. Now, people, I haven't read this book in its entirety. So I don't know if some of the names I'm about to give will instantly give it away to Geordie. Um, Interesting. I think it might. And I'm going to tell you, I picked this book because it was in reach. When the wizard's caravan from the host tower of Arcane saw the snow-capped peak of Kelvin's Kern rising from the flat horizon, they were more than a little relieved. Yep, yep, Kelvin's Kern, huh? 
that's a giveaway. That is a bit of a giveaway. I you, unfortunately, Duncan, I have spent the last twelve months playing a D and D campaign where Kelvin's can is right in the middle of it. That is the Crystal Shard. Yeah, you got that one right. All right, there we go. Okay, that means we're up to the last question now. This is our final round, and Duncan, um, I will give you a choice. I have two questions left, and if you get the one, which I think is the hardest one I picked, you get the chance to win. You can get, if you guess it, I'll give you three points. You can take the easier one, and I will give you uh, two points, and we can tie. Well, I think I know what F1 at Home is obviously wanting me to do. And I'm going to do it. In it to win it, Geordie. Give me the hard one. 3rd of May. Bistris. Left Munich at 8.35pm on May 1st. Arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived at 6.46, but train was an hour late. Oh. Sod. So, everyone, this next section is way funnier if you know now that the book in question is actually Dracula. So, get ready for this. Oh dear. Now, I feel like we can reason through this one. I'm going to go for it again. 3rd of May, Bistris. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but Bistris is a location. 3rd of May, Bistris. Left Munich at 8.35pm on May 1st. Arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived at 6.46. The train was an hour late. Okay, so we've got a journey here between Munich and Vienna. Yep. Uh, on train. By train, yeah. So, I'm thinking, obviously setting us a more modern... In, in the modern world, I am thinking. I am th- feeling at the moment, okay. and I'm not saying this is my guess, but I'm feeling a Neil Gaiman vibe. All right, all right. I'm gonna read it through once more. Pay attention to the style of the um, of the uh, of the prose, Duncan. Third of May, Bistris. Left Munich at 8:35 p.m. on May 1st. Arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived at 6:46. The train was out late. Duncan, what do you think about the first, very first thing I said? Third of May. Bistris, or sorry, third, or rather, three May Bistris is how it's written. Okay, so this is getting me. So it's third of May. So getting the date, it 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 feels it, there's a sense of like aggression to this. Interesting. That might be just the way I'm reading it. Maybe it's just the way you're reading it. It's like it is the third of May. <laughs> I'll read it gently. Third of May Bistris. Okay, so we're Better guessing Duncan. it came in the date. So it's, it's and it's it's written very much. Uh, the, the train was an hour late, because this is someone. This is wait uh, wait 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 wait. It's not. It was the third of May. So it, no, it's not. It was the third of May. It's three May, comma Bistras. Dash. Like a log. Like a log. Three May, comma, Bistras, dash. It's like someone's, like, it's like someone's notes. Like, they're, like, they're, like, solving a mystery and we're, we're actually reading, like, their written notes. That's, that's, that. so that's, a, that's what I'm, I was saying. So it's, like, it's uh, notes or letters or something. And we're, we're, read, we're reading, like, an in-world thingy-majiggy. Wow, I'm so good at this uh, text analyst. I can't think... Who would write in that? I now I'm I'm shifting away. Originally, I thought it was someone like it was this like you know it's like he's trying to like set up very mundane. It's like establish mundane, and then we're going to do a bit of a swerve. 
I don't think it's that. Weirdly enough, if it actually... So I'm, I'm literally throwing out names here. And people are going to listen like, Duncan, those authors are nothing alike. But for some reason, I'm getting a H.G. Wells vibe now. Um, I No, I, I know why you're thinking that. I know exactly why you're thinking that. Because H.G. Wells wrote War of the Worlds. Yes. And War of the Worlds is like a series of like journalistic articles. Yes. It, thank you. Okay, so I'm not going mad yeah. by saying, by thinking, I'm actually, I was thinking about No, I think that is a very reasonable I'm... comparison to this opening sentence. I think that's really fair. Because a lot of War of the Worlds is, I took the cab to London, and then I, I journeyed around the city, and there were aliens. Egad. I mean, I, I mean, I went to home, and I collapsed. <laughs> But the problem is now, Dordie, all I'm seeing in my head is I'm like, yeah, so the trains are the thing, and now it's a it's a red sky with giant alien saucers looming over the horizon. I'm on thunder, child. You ever heard War of the Worlds, the musical, Duncan? Do you know what? I haven't. Um, and I actually would love to. Uh, it's pretty good. I, it's something like I really enjoy... War of the Worlds thing. War of the Worlds is one of those books that I kind of went into expecting it to be like an older like, oh, it's one of those turn of the century things. Um, but then really like, I know that sounds really bad, but something that I expected to be quite dry because of its age. Um, I had similar reactions going into like things like Frankenstein and um, sure. when I first read like Jane Austen, I was like, oh my god, these are like older works of great literature. Um, and it really took yeah, me yeah, how yeah. engaging they were. Mm, exactly yeah there's some books that really like stand the test of time you know like the exciting stuff like Sherlock Holmes or even like War and Peace Dracula stuff like that you know like it really or even stuff written by Poe you know like Poe Poe stands up I really like like his work um I haven't read War and Peace uh Dracula I honestly so I read Dracula at school but not for school I read it like at the start of like English classes and I found it Considering how mm. much I loved Frankenstein, or Frankenstein the Modern Pre, Prometheus, if you want to sound like a bit of a dick, um, I know. Duncan, have you ever heard of Frankenstein the Musical? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. It's very good. I would like to. I I really enjoyed the Frankenstein. My my. Oh, I'm going to tell a little anecdote story here. When I read um, Frankenstein at school, there's like the first and second editions, and it was literally like, mm-hmm. you got to read this. Edi- you got to read the second edition. You got to read the second edition. And have I, I told this story? Read told this story on the podcast. I read the first one, and it's and it the changes are so subtle it messed me up for the whole term. Uh, Dracula was one which I didn't like, like because that's really like journalistic. It's like mm. the letters and Duncan. Have you ever heard Dracula the musical? I haven't heard uh, Dracula the musical. Duncan, have you ever heard Dracula a new musical? There are two Dracula the musicals. I have not heard of either musical to Dracula. Uh, Dracula's always one that I think I, I like it in sort of the vibe of Dracula but if I think of any specific adaptation um, I don't particularly love any of them mm-hmm. uh, even the the classic black and white one I'm like eh, it's all it's alright but like Frankenstein and the mummy are better movies I'm talking about the old universal sure. ones you don't, you're not a big fan of Van Helsing? the Van Helsing film starring Hugh Jackman oh that film so I so when I saw I saw that film, I wanted to like that movie. Um, I wanted it to be like yeah, like the Mummy, and it wanted to be like the Mummy, and it sadly was not. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was going. I rewatched it after you know watching it a couple of times when I was a kid, and I thought it was going to be a, a good bad movie, but it is not. Like it has some good bad stupid elements, but boy howdy, it's just bad. 
It's really bad. Uh, there's a an... good werewolf design. There's though. another a um, there's another bad movie from that same period which I actually went back and did enjoy, and that's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. Wow, that is controversial. That's on Netflix though. No, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, Maybe I'll rewatch that tonight. It's I'm not calling it good, but I I think uh, Sean Connery is good Sean Connery and they uh, they do a uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde character in that which I actually think you know for being a side character in a weird ensemble action movie they do a good job of um, representing that character as the Hulk yeah as the Hulk of the team Duncan I'm gonna need you to answer my question now okay so I think it's a letters and I think you gave me a really nice hint uh, about it being like you said it was like more like H.G. Wells or like H.G. Wells time period did you say I said it was an appropriate comparison in terms oh, of style oh in terms of style okay fair uh, see now I'm just stuck on that and then I'm thinking is it Frankenstein but that's science fiction um, and now I'm thinking about Poe um, the only other one I know that does the letters would be something like Dracula um, but I can't I don't think Dracula starts like that. I know he is travelling, but I thought it started with him, like, on a coach. But I might be confusing it with the movie. Oh, God. Okay, but no, that, that, there, there. Drac- Dracula's fantasy, isn't it? Is it? It is. That'll be my guess. Is it Dracula? It is Dracula. Sorry, doing no jumps. I <laughs> shouldn't do that with the mic set up. I nearly fell over. Okay, you gave me some massive hints. I did, I did. I regret giving you so many hints, but I also regret nothing because it was so funny when you started talking about Dracula for an extended period of time. And I was literally biting my knuckles to not laugh out loud. That was really fun for me. (laughs) So it starts on a... So that's him travelling to Transylvania. He goes... Yeah, exactly. He travels from Munich to Vienna, and he's headed. He's headed east. Oh my god! I, yeah, I okay. So, a few opening things. I didn't know that. I didn't get that at all to begin mm-hmm. with, and I think I spoke through my thought process actually very clearly. Uh, but that H.G. Wells thing kind of just hooked me when that kind of popped into my head, mm. and then I just sort of held there. <laughs> I'll be honest, I never actually thought it was Dracula. I was like, it's it's War of the Worlds, why is he tricking me? Um, and I went for that sci-fi, and I just went, shit. Well, it has to be the only fantasy one from that era I can think of. I was also thinking, could it be something really like... Um, is this actually like a horror... Well, it is a horror one. Is this like a like one I wouldn't think of as fantasy? Mm. Okay. Um uh, do you know what, Geordie? Because of you were massive help, and I'm not even sure if you didn't even say the name Dracula first, um, I will, I I will sure concede did. on your three <laughs> points and accept only two. Accept only... You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Which means that this is a tie. Oh, what a satisfactory ending. Yeah, which means that we'll have to follow this up with another episode, another point. The revenge match. Hopefully we'll make uh, better showings of ourselves because I think this was quite shameful in places. I think this went way better than I expected. I genuinely was worried that we'd have like five in a row and neither of us would get. Actually, um, I just remembered. I gave myself a bonus point, which would count as a tiebreaker, which means I win.
Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Is This Just Fancy Podcast. If you have opinions on what Geordie just said, I'm a winner! You can write in at Is This Just Fancy Podcast at gmail.com. I've been Duncan Nickel. Tell us how embarrassed you are in us and how obvious all of these things are and also how much you like Dracula the Musical and Dracula the Musical and Dracula the Musical. I've been your host, Geordie Bailey. Till next time, when we'll be talking about the library at Mount Shah. I promise. Bye! Bye.